I got a, a few comments. I don't know how coherent they are. Uh, I want to, you see, most of us in this church are, are to some degree insulated from uh, the rest of the world. I mean, uh, we all have jobs and, and uh, have a place to live. and believe that we're we're uh, fairly free from danger uh i can't help but go back to when now it's been over a year ago and you know say that the things we're going to see uh, from that point over the next couple of years, um, we're going to hardly believe that they could have happened when they did. Uh, but as I look at God's favored people, nation of Israel, and the uh, the readings and the the declarations of Almighty God regarding people they loved. Uh, certainly stand out in uh, for in that time, there was no other people that were the Lord's. Now, that doesn't mean there weren't individuals, but we have been trained since we were children, at least, to think that certain things couldn't happen where we live. And I want us as a church, individually, to continue to pray uh, if for, for first for ourselves that you have not begin or begun to see what might be and what probably will be. Um, and when trials, which are much greater than we have ever known, do come, uh, we are going to need that which the Lord has worked to beforehand. In other words, waiting to turn to the Lord with the, with our whole hearts, and and understand that that he he is our life, and that if all of the things are taken away, we have the Lord, and he will persevere. He will do right. Um, but he works, he works in the long run, um, and we are called on to persevere. A lot of times when you persevere in the future, uh, you know, you will feel alone, but you aren't alone. And so let us prepare ourselves uh, for our attitudes 
regarding what the future is. I just look at who's on the screen tonight. And uh, some of you were much younger than myself. Um, all but Miss Betty, I think is younger. And uh, <laughs> I can't imagine anything really bothering Miss Betty. Uh, but she's got to be what she is uh, for a lifetime. And when she needed something more that she couldn't get in regard to truth, God moved heaven and earth to get her what she needed. And she will tell you what she needed is the Lord. And it's the truth, truth that he is, not what this world is. Um, as regarding what we have in regard to a government, uh, today I would say that we have uh, what we deserve. I also would say that uh, the truth that Paul told us, I believe it was in 2 Timothy, that uh, there would be a great falling away first. Before the Antichrist comes, there's going to be a great falling away. Uh, now, there's more than one way to fall away. You see, a major passages that we, uh, some, that uh, we have studied in the scripture, particularly the New Testament, are in regards to the fact that um, us human beings uh, will fall away if we're not rooted and grounded in the word of God. Uh, and we want, you know, we want to be angry. I know I want to be angry, things I see. But I think I would be better off and let the Lord display his anger when the time comes. And the time will come. It's called the day of the Lord. And the day of the Lord will release from God all that pent up uh, displeasure with mankind. Mankind, even, even at its best, uh, has, uh, has always been discouraging to watch. Uh, I'm sure the Lord is not pleased with what he sees happening in the world. He is less pleased. He is more displeased to see what is happening among his people. I believe that the church of Jesus Christ will adapt and will continue to uh, water down the truth uh, until the end comes. It will, the thing that will surprise us at a day before rapture will be that there will be many people, many millions of people on the earth calling themselves the name of God. And they will be left behind. Because Christ has never known them. There will be some of us who will experience great tribulation. Uh, this week we have we have come uh, to squarely see that 
the greatest ally of Israel, uh, will no longer be. Uh, this misgovernment will not take care of its own people, let alone worry about the people of Israel. This government, this government will more each day being be in tune with the politics of every situation. You aren't happy today? Uh, I am probably less so with what I see uh, going on regarding vaccinations when I know that uh, this government will allow people to die uh, in the name of politics uh, in order uh, to, according to its own determination, uh, do that which is politically correct. We used to believe that we had uh, that we had some protection. I tell you, it is leaving. It is going away. Um, and Israel will be left themselves. We see, and what has happened just in a week has further progressed to uh, looking and defining that which we already knew regarding the players in Ezekiel chapter 38. Uh, and it is likely that many of us alive today will see, will see that, that uh, great debacle there. Uh, and only the grace of God will spare Israel from being absolutely destroyed. Uh, that is not the end of Israel, for they yet have the opportunity and will have to strike a bargain with the Antichrist, uh, whereby uh, they will secure, they think, uh, they will secure peace and uh, protection for uh, the seven year period uh, that's in question. Uh, and they will be disappointed and then the nation of Israel will be singled out uh, as much or more probably than any group in the world to see that the only one they could have trusted in was Almighty God. Uh, we should know that. That is becoming evident and obvious just based on the events that are occurring around the world. Uh, I, I think that we as his people should first look to ourselves as are we in the faith in the way that the Lord wants us to be, uh, that we, we can stand firm, even though the rest of the world is going to fall all around us. And we yet will see the evil of men which will be very evident during the tribulation period, but even as evident right now. 
So tonight we're going to look at the words. Some of it, for some of us, uh, is repetitious. On the other hand, some of it you may have missed uh, in times before now. And the word is going to be more and more important just to get through a day in the form. You have nothing to fear uh, except that you don't believe everything that God has told you about living in the world and being that righteous, uh, God-fearing person that he had told you you ought to be. And so um, I will continue to preach the word. Uh, there is not one of us, including myself, that hasn't been uh, exercised by uh, disappointment in men. Well, we shouldn't be, but we are. Well, uh, I would say you haven't seen anything yet. And so I'd like to study tonight in Romans chapter five, uh, the problem that I have uh, is that some people have forgotten or didn't get, you know, what was said in Romans 2 or 3. If you think that you can scrape by with just a cursory knowledge, of the word of God and the mind of God through his word and by the Holy Spirit, you have another thing coming. Uh, and he will be our only resource as days go by. So let us look at Romans chapter five. We'll just have a word of prayer together. Father, uh, each one of us is absolutely helpless on our own. We'd like to think that uh, maybe we have plans for the future and uh, we think that we're pretty much immune from all evil. But Lord, we know that isn't true. We can see very clearly that uh, from a standpoint of prosperity, we live now in a second rate nation. We are no longer uh, the premier nation of the world. Uh, the light that somebody said was on a hill. Mm -hmm. Lord God, the only light mm -hmm. is you. And we trust you. Lord, if, if it costs our lives, and you've said this in your word, what is that? But they can, they can, Lord, cause us eventually to die. But our life here is without consequence. I, I'll say that again. Our life here regarding the goodnesses that the world might provide is without consequence. And so, Lord, may you never be 
far from our minds. May we take each day knowing, Lord God, that your will be done. And knowing that you are calling every shot and that you simply would have us to trust entirely in you. And so, Lord, um, we thank you that you are strong, ultimately strong. Mm. We thank you that every promise that you've made to us, uh, you will keep. Mm. We thank you, Lord, that uh, the truth is to be a friend of this world is to be your enemy. And so, Lord, our trust again is in you. We pray that you would bless the word to us. I pray for each one of these people, Lord, and many of them are missing tonight because, because uh, they're distracted. Uh, they will just go on. Lord, until they are affected. Uh, but I pray for each one, Lord, here or not, that they turn away from self. That they die in regard to life in the flesh and that they live victoriously in life which will never end and never fail. We put our trust in you. In you, Lord God, we praise and give glory to until Lord God that day that we will glorify you in person with you in our presence in every way. We look forward to that day and we count these days as simply from observation to understand that you have told us the truth in regard to the heart of man. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. Thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, before I start, are we any comments? All right, then Romans chapter five, you see, I don't know how Romans chapter five can be as meaningful to you as it would have been had you uh, remembered clearly Romans three, for example, which says, but now the righteousness of God without law it's manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ upon all and unto all them that believe. There is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, but we are being justified freely through your grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God has set forth to be a propitiation or to be the uh, satisfaction uh, of your righteousness only in one way, I say, and this preacher says, through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for remission of sins that are passed to the forbearance of God to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him that believeth in Jesus. Starting in Romans chapter five, verse one, therefore, so that means that you have read and understand 
everything in Romans chapter one through four. You're not just coming into the middle of it. Oh, I think maybe we will join in with Bible study tonight. I know we haven't done it for four or five weeks, but uh, we hope God will bless us. God will do all that God does, but he is not one who blesses uh, those people who are unfaithful, but not to me, not to this study, but to his word. He will not. And he has given you the word. And he is faithful to the word. Therefore, being justified by faith, we do have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom we have access by faith and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. What's that mean? That means that those of us who believe and those who have hope will share for eternity the glory and the wonder and the peace and the righteousness that exists in our Holy Ghost. But you would say, what more could he give us? Glory, peace, righteousness forever. By whom, talking about Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access. That means God wants us to come to him. He wants us to come to him. With those things that we can't bear. And I know I'm looking at people tonight. I would say I can't bear. I can't bear. <laughs> no, you can't. But God giveth more grace. We have access by faith to that grace wherein we S-T-A-N-D, we stand. Whatever we see around us, we stand. Knowing that, tribulation does work patience. We rejoice in our tribulations. Oh, my. We don't want to suffer. You don't want to suffer. But God decided a long time ago that you must have patience and you must have his patience and your patience is founded squarely in the personage and the word of our God for everything else will let you down. Stand by faith and grace wherein we stand Rejoice in the hope, the glory of God, not only so, but we glory, do we? In tribulations, some of them are close to home, aren't they, my friends? They're really close to home. Those are the ones that are so troubling. Nevertheless, 
we will glory in tribulation, knowing that it worketh patience. And patience, experience. I told you this before, but some of you maybe heard this tonight for the first time. I would tell you again. Experience means the proving of God. Tribulation works patience, and patience will prove God. What does he promise? Proof is in him. And experience are the proofing of hope. I love, I love this. Uh, the way this is strung together. We, through that, we see, not just here, but in, I could go to other places, that God is building you up one work of his at a time. And it's cumulative so that when everything falls apart, you won't. And so our hope even though I look out at the world and I see the evil and the distrust that men have, even in the church, I mostly regret where Christianity has been boiled down to a good story and to your ability to think well of yourselves. And God has nothing to do with that, you think. I'm generalized. Hope doesn't make a shame. Why? And what is it that God is working to do in you and I? It tells us right here. Because the love of God. Not your love. Not your ability to be patient. But the love of God, which is the one word that the scripture uses to define his person. God is love. But the love of God is shed abroad. The oh Lord, let it be. Though we are tempted, Father, to take what we see in our own hands and speak ill of so many who are wrong, we know you have already told us that God is love and that you will shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, you don't have this love. It is not yours to apply. It is yours to trust in because it is a gift of grace whereby God shows himself to you and to those around you. Make it not ashamed. <laughs> Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God. To those who believe, 
both to the Jew first and then also to the Greek. I want that which is written here in verse 5 to be true for us. And first I say to be true in me that God's love has done its work and it's continuing to work. For when we were yet without strength, for in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. I'll never forget when I first understood on that night when I came to Christ. <laughs> Why I understood that Jesus went to the cross. So I wouldn't have to. That Jesus knew our great need to live, not just to exist. And in due time, at the exact time that it was right, Christ died for the ungodly. Therefore, because he did, give me a Because he did. I can have full confidence that God would do well. Fulfill his promise to you and for I. We weren't God a yes. I hope we are not ungodly now. My friends, according to the scripture, ungodliness is taken by the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. I don't know that I'll get there. But I'll remind you of verse 11 right now. Pardon me, verse 10. I will remind you that yes, we were ungodly. We were enemies of God. But by the death of Christ, the death of his son, he saved us. But please, please understand the truth and the reality that is given to us by the much more of verse 10. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And so, my friends, according to that verse, I would address the fact that some who call themselves Christian are content to remain ungodly in their lives. And I don't carry the timetable, but the truth is this, Jesus Christ died that you might be forgiven of your sins, 
And he also arose from the dead and he is alive today so that you and I can experience his life and have nothing to do with ungodliness. And so going back to verse six, for when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure, maybe for a good man, some would even dare to die. Maybe so with men, maybe so. We don't know. This we do know. But God commands his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified. I will have to say it again. What, it, what that means, that means made right. If you've been justified by Christ, you who claim to pray the sinner's prayer, then God says that you in his sight are made just. Do you think wrongly that the Bible says that we will be justified then forever. And the ungodly continued actions of the flesh that we carry. And the resounding answer in the scripture is God forbid. Mendeth his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us much more. That is, much more than that, he made us right. And by the work of Christ, we that that person who is just to Christ is just in position and he is made just in his experience. Do you understand what I mean? He, if any man be in Christ, then he is a new creature. How can we read that piece of scripture and not know that we are no longer that person that was in sin waiting for judgment, but we are made a new person? Old things are passed away, and that will work out in your life. You won't be that man. I'm not that man anymore. Because he has worked through life ongoing, his life ongoing for the 75 years I've had in the 50, 
50 some years or 50 years, yeah, 50 some years that I've had growing up in Christ. That's what it means that we will be saved from wrath through him. That means that we are made right, not simply in the eyes of God, but we are made right in our experience. We might not be perfect, but yet we have that person who intercedes for us and says, as you walk in the light, as he is in the light, Yeah, yeah, we have, we have fellowship with God and the blood of Jesus. This is the part where confession comes in and we get rid of our sins while we're walking. Yes. Yes. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from how much sin? How much sin. This is why you're walking, my friend. Oh, that's right. We'll be safe from wrath. I am saved. The truth is because Jesus Christ died and Jesus Christ lives. Mm -hmm. And the preacher who only can preach that message that Christ died has only told half the story. For, as I read before, if when we were enemies, we were reconcile that is become friends no longer enemies we have become a friend of god does anybody remember unless this is trivia does anybody remember in the scripture the man that was called a friend of god anybody Oh, he's this, did you say? No. <laughs> See, the same man was called a friend of God, who also, it was said, he believed God, and God accounted it to him for righteousness. Abraham. Yeah. He was a friend of God. I know you want to be a friend of God. And you can be because Jesus lives. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more. You say, Pastor, you, you are stuck in high gear because you only talk about what we are in Christ and what we can be. And you don't talk enough about the fact that he died on the cross. I would probably disagree with you because we, I talk about that a lot. But if I forget that he raised from the dead, you go, you go to Romans. Chapter six, and you will see our many other chapters in Romans and other places 
The gospel is not simply that Christ died. You want to argue with that? Not just that Christ died. Scripture says he raised from the dead. Because he raised from the dead and overcome death, he also overcome death that works in us. Makes us. Hear me? makes us into his image. Do your friends know that you are a godly man? Do they know that you are a godly woman? I say to you, there is no salvation except there be the faith in the death and the faith in the life of Christ because he lives in me. We shall be saved. <laughs> I thank God that I'm saved, <laughs> I've been saved from who I was. And I'll be with him forever, perfected in glory. And not only so, but we also joy in God, whom we now have many of your Bibles say atonement. It would be much better if your Bibles said reconciliation, being made a friend of God. The word atonement is not there in the, in the original text, but the word reconciliation. Wherefore, now we get to the theology regarding the first man who sinned, we know, and woman. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered the world, when Adam said, not Eve, I'm sorry, i just tell you the truth of the Bible. When Adam said, I'll take that fruit and I'll eat it, whatever the reason, he did. His eyes were wide open. He was not deceived. Eve was deceived and there's a big difference. He was not deceived. He willingly partook of the forbidden fruit. And death by sin entered the whole world. You see, that's, that's a story of the Bible. If, if you don't believe in Adam and Eve, with some of you, not you, but some people call themselves Christians, don't believe in all those, uh, all those childish Bible stories. Well, I tell you, if you don't believe there was an Adam, then how do you believe there was sin in the world? Sin entered the world and death by sin. People, you should know 
that the sentence of death still lies on our bodies. That is why I am looking forward to leaving this earth one day. Mm -hmm. I don't want this flesh to go with me. I do, according to the scripture, want and hope for and look forward to having a body like my Lord Jesus, of which no sin principle will lie within. And the sin question as coming from the flesh will be gone forever mm -hmm. wherefore as one man by one man sin entered the world and death by sin so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned now what that says is simply this you became a sinner in adam and you proved it Unless there's somebody here, somebody in uh, Christendom can show me that they have not sinned, then the truth of the word is vindicated here. Death by sin passed on all men, for that all have sinned. We proved it. We proved what the scripture said. <laughs> For until the law, sin was in the world. Now, this is the difference between iniquity, which is in all men. Iniquity simply means that we walk according to our own mind. Iniquity means, I will say it this way, my friend, iniquity means that we are willful. Until the law was made, we all were found guilty, would have been, of iniquity. But after the law, particularly if you were Jew, then you were a transgressor. That's a double whammy, my friends. It's one thing to simply give in to the fact that we are sinners. It is another thing when the law came along and defined it. Define the doings. Therefore, those who came after the, the law was implemented, brought down off that mountain by Moses, we became after transgressors because we broke it. I don't know if you understand that. When you read the word iniquity, it has nothing to do with the law. It has to do with the fact that you're a sinner. Transgression means that God let you know what that was. Pick up your Old Testament. You will find the word iniquity and you will find the word transgression. They have their own particular meaning and both of them are bad. For until the law, 
sin was not imputed, that is the sin of breaking the law, but iniquity has always been with us. <laughs> you with me? Nevertheless, death is the proof of living willfully. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. What's that mean? It means from the time when there wasn't the law written on the tables of stone, but when the tables of stone were made, death was reigning then and reigned afterwards mm -hmm. and reigned in a worse way. Because now I am sinning against the revealed writings of the word of God. God wrote it down. I know you don't have to worry about the law today. But God would have you know the difference between those people that lived under it and those people who think it has nothing to do with them, and it may not. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even them that not, uh, had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression. What's it mean? Well, I didn't tell you, but I will tell you now that Adam lived under a law. Did you, I don't know, did you ever think of that? It says so in the Bible. Adam lived under a law. What was it? Thou shalt not eat. Fruit. <laughs> What's that? Don't eat the fruit. That's right. Thou shalt not eat of the garden or uh, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's interesting then that we all became sinners. Not only that Adam was found in iniquity, but he was found in transgression too. I don't know what to say about that. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. My friends, that's one of the more difficult pieces of scripture. I hope you understand what I have said. If you don't understand it, you can call me on the phone. Many of my disciples, the ones that care and care about the way they're living, call me on the phone. What about this? What about that? Two or three of them do that on a regular basis. And I know that they are not comfortable in their ignorance but they want to know exactly what God has to say. And Adam, his transgression is the figure of him that was to come. Oh, I will just give you a preview of the rest of that chapter, which I'll finish up next time. But you should know that where Adam did it wrong, Christ did it right. <laughs> not because of Adam, not even because of the greatest 
man of God in the Old Testament, but because of Jesus Christ, I am set free from the obligations associated with the sin of Adam. I'll stop there for today. Actually, the rest of chapter five talks simply about that one question. Did God not want us to know exactly what the score was? He, he did. And we read that and say, I'd rather read the book of John. I'd rather be astounded and entertained by the events of the tribulation. My friend, you can, you can be absolutely ignorant of the sins of tribulation and the events of tribulation. But you cannot be ignorant of the work of Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul was trying to make us to understand. Let us pray together. Father, your word is a fountain. Your word is a fountain of truth that thrills my soul. Lord, you have not left us in the dark. You have not left us in our sin. And not one person under the sound of my voice, or if I could speak to the whole world, not one person is going to live forever without Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You have made him available to anybody. And here, I hope there'll be people hear me. Lord, he has been available to anyone, whether they were in the darkest places of Erinjira, or they lived in the most cosmopolitan city in these United States. Anybody who wants to be washed and wants to be made new, Lord, you will get the word to that person. Thank you, Lord. These things we pray and thank you. Jesus' precious name. Amen.